Welcome back to the Afros and Knives podcast, an interview series that elevates the stories of Black women working in food and beverage, food media, food science, food justice, and hospitality. I am your host, Tiffany Rozier, and this episode is a conversation with the founder of Black Girls in the Vineyard, Danielle Anderson. You may know her as Danielle the Wine Diva on Instagram. Black Girls in the Vineyard is a California-based social club that empowers, uplifts, and inspires Black women who share a unique love for fine wine. Danielle and I discuss how she became passionate about wine, uh, what her journey has looked like so far, and what the future holds for the BGV brand. A big congratulations and shout out to Chef Hawa Hassan and Julie Tershin. Chef Hassan's cookbook in BB's Kitchen is officially available for all of us to get our hungry hearts and hands on. This labor of love gives us over 75 recipes from eight different East African countries that touch the Indian Ocean. These nations were the backbone of the spice trade, so you know that these recipes have the love of the ancestors in them and an incredible flavor profile. We are in for another season of cooking at home and in BB's Kitchen is going to help us all level up this fall. Thank you to all of the Afros and Knives Patreon members. Your continued monthly support is deeply appreciated. To join the Patreon family, go to patreon.com backslash Afros and Knives. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And if you have a little time, go ahead and comment or review the podcast on any platform that you listen to. Um, I love the feedback. It really helps me steer the, uh, the show in the right direction. Be sure to visit afrosandknives.com and sign up for the weekly newsletter. Um, shop the store. There's some really great new designs in the store. And there's some. There's a few more coming up. It's hoodie season, so there's going to be some major hoodie action happening on the website in the store. Um, and then be sure to catch up on any past episodes. All three seasons are currently available on the website. Um, of course, the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Lumen and just about anywhere else you may be listening to your favorites. Um, so now here is my interview with Danielle. So uh, my name is Danielle Anderson and I am the founder and CEO of Black Girls in the Vineyard. I'm from San Francisco, but I've lived in Modesto, California for over 20 years. I always had a passion to start a business, you know, since I was in high school. And um, when I was planning my wedding in 2013, I was online looking for wine that I wanted to serve and how, many, how much I should serve for the wedding. And I started to look up, you know, information on Chardonnay and like looking into that, it just turned into, you know, I was I spent like hours on Google just learning about wine and it just like sparked something and the passion was just like boom. And I was like, how did I not know about all this? And then I started looking at schools and I'm like, I have to get this education. I'm like, now I know what I want to do with the business. I can put my passion for business and wine together. That's how, I, how that started. So I was looking at the different certifications for wine and they have what they call WSET, which is Wine and Spirit Certifi International Certification. Um, and so I figured I started that route. They do have the sommelier route but that's more service restaurant. And I wanted to go more the education side. That way, when I do start the business, I could really educate black people about wine. Um, in the wine industry, it's, it's mostly white male based. 
Um, but the black wine community, it's, it's been growing over the past 10 years longer than that. It's like booming right now. And so I just kind of want to do my part to bring in more people that are my age. I feel like, um, it's starting to age out a little bit and they're not really marketing to, or not really connecting and having a conversation with people that are younger to bring, you know, to keep this thing going. And so that, that's my goal. And I actually what kind of birthed, um, the idea for black girls in the vineyard. You know, I'm living here in California and, you know, my friends and I, we're always looking for things to do. You know, we love to drink wine and there's really nothing here that's black, black on establishments. So I was like, okay, let's, let's create something. So I wanted to do black girls in a vineyard where we can connect over sisterhood, wine. I can educate them at the same time and we're bonding and we're learning about culture. I also wanted to help support other black owned businesses. Did you like jump into any type of like education or um, from that point? Um, it's a self-study, but I did, what I did was um, I went to Napa Valley Wine Academy and it's a in-person class. It's about eight hours long. Um, they send you study materials um, like a month ahead of time. So you study on your own and then you go there and then they kind of, you know, you're studying for the book and they're, you know, they're giving you hands-on experience. You're tasting wines. You're learning how to taste wines. Um, you're learning how to read labels, what, it, what, you know, when you look at a wine bottle, you see this label, but you don't really know what the things on the label means. So it's just really in-depth information. And, you know, I love it. It's like, it's just, I love it. <laughs> now the, of course, the, the Netflix movie Uncorked came out. So did you see, like, did you see your experience kind of mirrored in the movie? I did. And it was just, I was like, ah, I was like, you know, they get it. I was like, okay. Did you have like some of the same challenges or, you know, like, was there something specific in that like first certification that was like the most, um, that was kind of the biggest hurdle for you to overcome? Because I know some people it's it's palate and tasting and other people it's like really connecting labels and regions and and grapes. Definitely um, learning about the regions, that's been hard for me. It's just, it's, it's a lot of information. You know, um, and then the palate, you know, <laughs> when you're when you're in the class tasting wine, I had a really cool instructor, um, Tim Hanai, and he would always say, um, for, forget everything else, you know, just take the stuffiness out of it. And and I felt the same way when you're tasting wine. You, um, we, we all have different palates. We all might not be tasting the same thing. And that's OK. I think people, especially black people, we tend to feel intimidated because we're like, oh, I don't taste strawberries or I don't taste raspberry. Oh, I don't smell that. <laughs> But I, I, I think it's whatever you taste, you smell, that's okay, because that's your palate, that's your taste buds. So, but that's, that's kind of been a challenge for me. But, the, you know, when you're learning about wine, the best way to learn about it is just to keep drinking, keep trying new wines, and your palate, it'll upgrade. Uh, After that first certification, and you like kind of went back into like restaurants and kind of engaging in wine in like a regular people type of way. Did, what changed for you? Like, was were you the person at the table where everyone's like, go ahead and you pick because we don't know what we're doing or we don't know what we're supposed to do. And so did you become the person? At- yes. Even at my job, they're like, okay, Danielle, you're the wine connoisseur now. Um, tell us what, what what's a good wine to buy. And, you know, I always say, ask questions. You don't know, you know, even just tell them what you like to drink and then they can go from there and build on your palate. So if you, you know, typically most people start out with, you know, liking sweet wines and then, you know, at a restaurant, you know, they'll introduce something different, maybe like to try a Riesling or a Pinot Grigio, just, just to ease into it. 
did you, was there something that kind of surprised you about, um, not just the process, but just about wine itself that you just didn't know or you didn't suspect? Like, oh, okay, well, that was something I didn't see coming. I knew the basics, but I think what just blew my mind is just when you're reading how it's made, learning the, the process and the technique of tasting wine, um, using your five senses, looking at the wine, seeing the different colors, just really interesting. And the movie court that really resonated with me when he said, you know, tasting the wine from like France or just, it makes you feel like you're there. And I, I like that connection. You may not be able to go there, but you can taste wine and you can kind of get the culture of what it's like there. And I think that's what really drew me to it. Have you been able to travel at all and like get to actual like countries of origin and taste, uh, taste wine there? Not yet. I would love to. <laughs> so far, so far <laughs> this, I've just been to Napa this year. Um, I really wanted to, well, pre-COVID-19. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I really wanted to get out there and just to try new, new wineries and get my face out there and connect with wineries as well. And that way I could like, you know, to be a liaison between, you know, the black community and wine, especially here in California. When you go to um, wineries, you know, as soon as you walk in and, and they see your twist, they see the color of your skin, they see your hips. They're like, they're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> It's like, I'm here to taste wine. I don't wine. think I, ma'am, I think you got lost. I think you got yeah. lost. Like, they give you yeah. that look, and I'm like, it's okay. I, I'm supposed to be here. You know, you want, you want to mm-hmm. enjoy this establishment and taste wine. I think that's really important. Wine business owners, especially in the wineries, can really just benefit from just talking. I think they feel, oh, it's, you know, it's awkward when a black person comes, but it, it, it's really not. You, you just, you would speak to us the same way as you would anybody else. It's not hard. <laughs> I think that's across the board. I'm just like, we're not aliens. Yeah, like we exactly. do live on this planet and in this country. And I mean, we can, we can process information exactly. and language just like you can. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Like just, just talk to me. It's fine. Um, for in, in Napa, is there a specific vineyard that you kind of keep going back to that you absolutely love what they're doing? Um, and you know, the ones in the area, you know, where, where have you found the most like receptive energy or receptive um, welcome? There's a winery. I'm going to murder the name. I think it's Lisa Tui. I always have a problem saying it. Lisa Tui. I think uh, it's <laughs> I'm horrible with pronouncing things. But um, they're just super friendly <laughs> and very family oriented. Beautiful, beautiful vineyard. Um, I would really, I haven't gone to, but uh, Brown Estate Winery, it's Black-owned winery in Napa. have not been there yet, heard nothing but good things, so I can't wait to go to that one <laughs> and to try their wines. So you can buy their wines online, and all of their wines are delicious, especially they have a collection called um, Black Girl Magic, Black Girl Magic Wines, and it is, all the wines are great. I definitely have seen like on my Instagram uh, feed, uh, I follow those ladies and they, that, that comes up all the time is the Black Girl Magic um, bottle. So that's definitely something I have to like get into as far as uh, ordering the, um, like the, getting in on the subscriptions and things like that. So uh, have you tried, um, have you tried any like organic wines or natural wines yet? Yes, I have. I actually, I did. I had to think about it because most of them, most of them are processed, especially when you go to a grocery store. 
you know, or even, you know, the vineyards, the small vineyards that are nearby me that I lived, um, you know, they go through some type of process, but there actually is a black owned vegan wine company based out of Indianapolis. Um, it's called, uh, ship and ship and share wines. Oh yes. We have, I have actually interviewed, uh, Nicole, uh, Kearney, the owner. Yep. I, I interviewed her last season. Um, so she was like my, one of my first, uh, one of my first like 10 interviews and, um, oh yeah, she, oh, wow. she's, she's pretty incredible too. Um, so yeah, their service mm-hmm. is, um, I mean, I caught up with her after COVID and to see how, like how she was doing and how like the wine industry was going, doing it. And she said they were actually still doing pretty good. I think because people were sheltering in place and ordering wine to drink at home. So most people were, uh, she's like, no, we're actually doing pretty well. And of course this kind of return to uh, farming and growing, um, I think is another reason why like wineries have really done really done really well is there do you have a favorite from that particular brand i loved her zinfandel i'm a zinfandel girl (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's a classic too i mean that shoot i you know i I remember when like zimps were like that thing people were like "Ooh, it was either like it was an elevation from like boone's farm but they were like okay and then when you start talking like cabernets and pinots and stuff there i don't drink any of those i'm just like but really good ones out there you should like try to mix those in a little bit what what is the what's the profile for the, that particular wine well for red Zippendale, i like the the dark fruits the jamminess there's a smokiness to it you get a hint of vanilla from the oak um but i just i think that jamminess is just it just gives it a really nice uh a balance and you know with, with the tannins oh yeah because that tannic is like that tannic quality is the thing that usually kind of gets people and makes them pause a little bit. Um, do you have a favorite like wine and food pairing that you'd like you recommend or that you go to like every single time? You know, I do a lot of Pinot Grigio and seafood dishes. <laughs> I love, I do a lot of seafood baked dishes. I like to do some seafood boils. I do like vegetables and shrimp. So I should pair that with, you know, something that, that'll kind of spice a little bit. So I'll go like read the Riesling or um, Pinot Grigio. But I also, I love Chardonnay. That's one of my favorite wines. Ooh. And I know people don't, people don't tend to like Chardonnay. You know, it's Chardonnay. the most, do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because most, most people don't like to drink Chardonnays. They say it's too buttery, but you have to try different, you know, especially Chardonnays from different regions or even an un-oaked Chardonnay where it's, um, where it's maturated in a, a stainless steel uh, tank. But um, mm. I love Chardonnay. I'm drinking Chardonnay. Um, I was going to say Chardonnay is great to cook with because of the buttery quality. Um, exactly. And I, I tend to use it for like poaching specifically because it can handle like mm. other added fats. It handles um, uh, like garlics and like those uh, aromatics really well. So yeah, and like yes. any type of herb. So I just don't, I'm just like Chardonnay, y'all get behind it. It's delicious. Just, you know, just make sure. I think that's the other thing is like pairing it with something that, that, work like if it's buttery you want something that you want to eat something that's a little lighter a little maybe a little more acidic um something that had some lemon under in it and it just yeah it can work but you just have to find a really good one and you have to know what you're doing um so the do you cook with wine like do you have specific wines that you like you pick out to just cook with and because a lot of times you know the recommendation has been for a long time like only cook with wines that you would probably drink and sometimes i find that to be true sometimes i'm like Actually, yeah. if you, when you cook something, you change the qualities and the properties of it. So sometimes there are wines that I'm like, 
I don't know if I'm going to drink that. I don't want to use that one. Yeah. Of wine that, I, I mean, I, it was a, ooh, Tiff, what was it? I want to say it was a Merlot. Yeah, it was a Merlot. And I just wasn't a huge fan of drinking it. Like I got through some of the bottle and I was like, uh, this isn't, this isn't great. It was a little bitter. Um, like the finish was just a little bitter and you could tell it was because of the fruit. So they might've just put some rind in it or something. And it just kind of made that really odd, bitter finish. So instead I added it to a, a jam and then made like a, a fruit preserve with it and like cooked it down with, like plums and figs um, and some like cherries because it was uh stone fruit season at that point. And so it cooked all of that down. Nice. And it was absolutely delicious. Like it became, the Merlot became a little um, tart and a lot of the sugar kind of like caramelized um got rid of that bitterness so especially when you add the extra fresh fruit to it so yeah that sometimes you just have to like pivot a little bit yeah. when you get a bottle that you're not a huge fan of and just go okay now we're not we've got to find something new to do here um for your back to your the education process because i know a lot of people have been like they, you know, we have some folks who are showing some interest, especially because of watching the, the, the documentary. And so between the, that first certification and the second certification, what, what has, what, what's changed in the, the, the training? What has, um, what has been added essentially? Like that you, what's your, what are you learning now that you, um, didn't learn in the first round? Um, the, the first level is just, just basic questions about wine. You're just learning about the different varietals, whether it's Chardonnay. So it doesn't go into much, much detail. So it's just, you're just learning about the different varietals. And when you get to level two, it's going to in-depth. It's going into um, the technique of tasting wine, um, being able to uh, take wine notes. You know, what are you seeing? What are you tasting? What are you smelling? Um, what's the finish? And then you go in and you also, then, you know, you go into the labels, um, learning how to read a wine label. Um, when you look at a wine label, wine label, it tells you um, the vintage, which is a year um, where it was produced, the country was produced in, who was the producer. And then, then you're learning about the regions, <laughs> which, is, which is always a difficult part because you're learning about all these different varietals in that region. And then you have to figure out, um, you know, what specific going into details about each of those wines. And so that can get kind of tricky, but um, still love learning it, but it's, it gets difficult, but I'm in this for the long haul. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So for um, Black Girls in the Vineyard, like how long has, how, how long have you been actively like promoting that and growing that particular group? I just started promoting it this year. It's been something I've been working on for the past five years. Um, it was actually supposed to. It was, it was actually supposed to come after. What I really wanted to do first was to have like my actual wine establishment. I wanted to have a wine shop, a wine bar, and lounge where people can come shop wines. Um, they can learn about wines in person. You know, just make it more personable. And then you know, with a little bit of, on top of a little bit of entertainment. Um, and then I wanted from there. I wanted to start like a wine club, but you know, you gotta work backwards if you don't have the capital. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, let's let's get started. Yeah, I was gonna say what you know. What are your kind of your thoughts on even monetizing a group? Um, even because considering that we are really like digital right now, I've seen some really interesting approaches to gathering groups of people from anywhere from um, Instagram. I think you can meet up to like ten people on Instagram video now. Um, uh, Google Hangouts and Zoom meetings and people are doing wine tastings over uh, over the internet at this point. So, you know, like what what has um, 
has there any have you had any like creative energy show up around like okay wait a minute we might be in a pause right now but there's a way to like promote the group and get this out in the world and you know and still raise some capital for like a brick and mortar uh, space at this point. Um, I actually did a, a, a virtual wine tasting about two weeks ago, my first Zoom. <laughs> and it was really fun and it was interesting. You know, I just, you know, worked out the kinks, uh, the kinks and buzz, but, um, you know, a lot of ladies in the group, they, you know, didn't really know about wine. So it was great to get a feedback like, wow, I didn't know that. And so that it was, it was really interesting doing the Zoom. And then um, another thing I do is I, I create wine t-shirts. Um, I started with that. I wanted to um, create something for us. You know, I don't want to, <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan of the rosé all day. So I'm like, okay, well, let's create something for us. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so I, just, I wanted to create, create something that we can enjoy, that, that resonates with us. <laughs> so uh, so I, I've been working actually on a t-shirt line right right because we don't we don't walk around saying rosé all day we don't we don't so, <laughs> um, that, yeah, that's not that's not <laughs> so and you sell you're selling t-shirts on your on the website at this point on the website on www.blackgirlsinavenue.com okay perfect now do you have any partners at this point or is it just you right now it's just me <laughs> <laughs> i understand yeah, that it's, it's interesting but it, it's, it's, it's i'm enjoying the journey so just I'm learning every day. Okay. Okay. Are you are you still working your like your regular like your traditional full time job at this point? No, not at this point. Um, unemployed until further notice. Until further notice. Yeah. I need. They need to start a support group for all of us that are in that <laughs> position right now because wow, you're just like okay. Oh, <laughs> all right, we're just gonna do this until we can't anymore. So wonderful. Uh, exactly. So I said, you know what? Yeah, I said, but you know what? This is the perfect time to focus on business and get that going. Oh, definitely, so. definitely. So the um, so at this point going forward for you, like besides like the brick and mortar, um, and growing the group, have you considered production or manufacturing or like creating your own label? Creating my own life. You know, it's something I thought about, but I would. What I really like like to get into is actually distributing, like to be able to wholesale wine. And um, I actually thought it would be a fun idea to do a mobile wine bar where I can like, where people can, um, you know, rent us out for a couple of hours, set up furniture. And um, I'm a big, huge hip hop and neo soul lover. So I kind of wanted to connect that with wine too. So I figured, okay, I thought that would be a cool idea to do a mobile wine bar and wine, wine, um, mobile wine bar and... <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, that look, I don't, I've not seen that yet. And I think a lot of people got into like the food truck idea and the food, con food truck concept. And so I don't see any reason why like the mobile wine bar would not work, especially for outdoor events and festivals and things like that. I think people could definitely um, get into it. Now, uh, for the, um, for your training and for your education, do they, is that a component of the uh, certification process is like understanding supply chain and um, distribution? No, it's, it's kind of something I'm kind of learning on my own and just been researching um, how to become a wine distributor. Um, the education side is, is it's more, it's, it's not really geared toward, bit, towards business. Um, so that's kind of something I've been researching on my own, just how to create a wine portfolio so that I can sell wine 
it's, and there's not too many black women that do that. So if I can do that here, that would just like be a huge step. Oh gosh. Yeah. I, I think like there's definitely um, kind of a sky is the limit energy happening at the moment. Cause even with like all of the madness happening in the world, I feel like there's just this, you know, from like the time we started doing all the sheltering in place, I always, that was just, I've always thought that, you know, there's some really interesting opportunities in the world right now. There's like this window of opportunity for people to like pause and like pause the traditional life that we've been living and like really think about the things we want to do and not the things we have to do. Your favorites, like, do you have some, what are your like top recommendations right now? What have you been like drinking recently and um, things, maybe some new stuff that you like, you were surprised by and you're happy to add to a collection or something that you might, you know, recommend to a listener like, hey, if you're not drinking wine right now, this is a great starter. So what would you, like, give me your like top five favorites. Top five. My goal, I've just been trying to uh, support, you know, the, the black owned wine. So top five, I say for top five, the Black Girl Magic uh, Rosé by the McBride Sisters. I actually just tried Maramori's line. So it's called Sister Wine. Beautiful Rosé. 2010 Wines by uh, Michael Davis Jr., um, he has three wines and I just had the rosé. Love that one. I'm, I've been on a rosé kick lately. <laughs> I've been tasting a lot of rosés. Um, La Fille de Rosé. Trying to think of the black on one. <laughs> I should have my list. <laughs> I know, I'm like, I've been drinking a lot of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon um, by the Jam Cellars. Very, very good wine. The idea of starting like a brick and mortar, like wine spot for um this, you know that really is kind of welcoming and open for black people to come in like experience wine in our own way in our own unique way is that um like what 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 does that look like for you like I, I know you wanted like music if you wanted a place for people to, like come and lounge and sit and then also like learn so are you talking like kind of um like restaurant vibes where you're serving food and you have a chef on hand or is it more of a like an event space where you you are planning like particular tastings or is it something like a retail shop where you actually do have wine being sold all the time and you just have events you know i always thought of my three and one so i wanted to have a, i wanted to be a wine shop bar and lounge you know i wanted to have the wine shop area where they could come shop the wines and they could come talk to somebody specifically you know just you know what I want to do is create, have them create a profile for each, you know, unique customer and build off of that each time they come. And we just have something for them each time they come and just continue to build their palate. And I wanted to have food and wine in the bar area. And then I also wanted to pull in entertainment. Like I would love to have live artists, you know, feature neo-soul artists, you know, and, you know, hip hop artists, you know, just, you know, just to bring um, the element of black culture, you know, wanted to create something for us and you know it's not just for us because everybody loves black culture so the people will come <laughs> that idea of like creating uh creating an atmosphere and creating an environment that is like again welcome like welcomes everyone um of all levels of like wine love and you know people who are rookies in the space um as far as like having uh, it sounds like you're going to actually have like employees and people on staff uh, so did you have like a training, uh, like a training in mind for them? Or are you looking to like, just kind of tap into the talent in, you know, from people who are looking to work in the industry? Or did you have something like kind of specific to the education component that you considered? When I do start, I wanted, it, you know, it's going to be for a little bit of everybody, whether you're, you have the experience or not. Um, 
long as you're passionate about it, that's important to me. Um, but I did want it to create an environment that, you know, it's really hard to, to get a job in the wine industry. They want you to have experience, but you can't experience if you're not hired to experience. So with my business, I definitely just wanted to, if, if you have the passion for it, come. And, you know, so they could build that experience um, and learn. And, you know, eventually I would also like to create scholarships, do like a work study program where they can, um, you know, if they want to pay for their education, they can come get the experience by working place for me that's kind of how you create a, a legacy you know outside of just you know opening a business um you know that's that's how you stay in the world a lot longer is you know educating people who have passing on the information or passing on opportunities um for education so that absolutely i mean you don't see very many like scholarships um for african americans to actually go study and you know get a certification and that kind of thing and i think more people would probably do it if they were able to, because, you know, especially now that we're talking about, you know, the value of traditional college education and, you know, a couple of other things that, you know, being able to kind of like graduate from high school and you go, okay, well, maybe college isn't for me right now, but I definitely want to continue my education in something and being able to like go to, go get a, like a, a, a certification in wine and then find yourself in a space where you can be a SOM or you can, you know, be a distributor. Like you can find yourself in that space and it doesn't require, um, you know, a degree. And so that's just another opportunity for someone to educate themselves. And because wine is global, it puts you in a position to travel. It puts you in a place where you can learn other languages. Like it's, I think it's a very like rich education as well that people underestimate. And um, yeah, so I feel like, you know what, that is a, a really great way for like post-secondary education to like become more creative and not just spend four years getting a general education degree or a liberal arts degree and going, I'm not sure what to do with myself. You know, like wine certifications have purpose and you, there's, there's some things you can do with them. And um, so, yeah, I felt like that's actually a really, a really great addition to like creating a wine brand and being really intentional with um with like developing a group or developing a brand is like thinking about like what happens when I'm not here anymore what happens you know to the people that I'm connected to how can I definitely invest in my community directly and um globally and consider yeah consider the people coming behind you and so I think that yeah something like that would be pretty incredible to do um like yeah considering that we just want more people in that space and like, you know, the creating more opportunities for people to be, you know, work to work at a vineyard and, you know, create welcoming experiences for everybody and just like really add some, um, uh, putting some legs to that. So yeah, that was, that for me sounds like the, the right direction considering like, you know, you want things to kind of be here after long after you're gone. So yeah. Um, would you, I, <laughs> I was going to say the, the babies are small at this point, but has, um, you know, if they, as they got older, what would you say to them about like finding themselves in the space? Like, oh, I've seen mommy like work hard at getting this together, pulling this together, and we've worked with her at the uh, at the wine shop, and we've done, you know, like would you discourage or encourage your kids to kind of like pursue a career um, in this space? I definitely want them to be entrepreneurs, and um, you know, whichever direction they want to go, whether it's college, but um, I want to leave a legacy. And um, it's funny now, they're like, when we go in a grocery store, they're like, mommy, there's wine. <laughs> and 
and you know they're, they're even they're, they're learning about the little bit different varietals they're like mommy can i smell your wine so <laughs> actually you know they're really they're really small now but actually i look forward to that day where i, I can like really talk to them about it and just kind of see where they want to go mm, yeah that, that'll be really interesting to see which one's kind of, which who decides to like follow in mommy's footsteps or you know or the, everybody does and has like exactly find something <laughs> that they want to do um so yeah that would be pretty cool do you have any like kind of I would love that. That would that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun to like be able to pass something down to your kids and go, okay, you know, mom, mom, mom's retiring. Someone needs to take over the family business, and uh, you know, because like I, wine is just wine is generational. Like it's a it's a legacy product. Like most of the vineyards in Europe have been owned by the same family for multiple generations, and I feel like it's definitely one of those things that, especially wine production where, you know, if African-American can get into it and like really think about like what to do with that space, that we can absolutely create that kind of same business model where, you know, six, seven generations from now, you still have the same family who owns the vineyard producing really incredible wine. So I feel like that's definitely a possibility uh, to consider. So do you have any particular like mentors even mentors in your head at this point any anybody in the wine industry that you follow um that you're like that kind of keeps you inspired and keeps you moving I've been inspired by everybody um I joined Instagram about four years ago I think it's been about four years and um I just started to like research you know people in wine and just you know the first person who I actually saw was on um, the Somme film in 2013 was Delenn Proctor. And that was like the first representation of a black person that I saw. And I was like, wow, so we are out here. So that's when I kind of began to do my research. And um, I follow literally probably like over 500 people, um, you know, black people in wines. And, you know, they're all doing different things. You know, some are um, wine influencers or um, blog wine bloggers and winemakers and, um um, even, you know, they're creating their own events. So I'm inspired by all of those things. And I, I learned from everybody. And I, I just, I love how Instagram is like such a huge platform because it, it, I just, I would have never known about, you know, you know, without, without this kind of social media platform, you don't really know who's out there. You're not really seeing anybody, you know, especially where you live. So it, it, it's, it's, it's been interesting. And I really just like learning from everybody and just picking up new things. And, you know, I'm learning a lot every day. Okay. All right. Um, I, I, I'm the same with like the, the Instagram accounts I follow. I always try to like make sure I'm following people that keep me inspired and um, exactly. keep me educated. You just, cause you just don't know how much information is even out there okay. in it. Um, to the, what was that question? I was quoted away. Um, oh, a running, a, one of the running questions I have is I've interviewed a handful of women who, black women who specifically work in wine, either production or education at this point. And the one question I constantly ask them is about um, champagne. I think it's something that is, it's really interesting that it, it's so connected to African-American culture, specifically hip hop culture. Like you see it in like music videos. There's a lot of references in like rap lyrics to champagnes and stuff like that. And so most of the time I ask like, okay, so where do we stand on champagne? What, how should we drink it? What are we drinking it with? Um, What are your favorites? And so far, like the biggest pairing has always been like fried chicken and champagne. 
are the, the, the is the big one. And, uh, and I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with that assessment. Um, so is there, are you, are you doing any type of like champagne and, you know, how much of your certification, uh, education is kind of dedicated to that particular, um, that particular wine? So anything like bubbly, sparkly, um, and, and those, the things, the ones in those spaces like Cava and, uh, traditional champagne and things like that. I feel bad for this question because I actually don't drink a lot of champagne. I'm just really starting to get into doing champagne. I'm like, oh no, this question. <laughs> but, um, I'm just starting to get into champagne, um, and sparkling wines. Is that, the, is that kind of in that second tier of education or do they cover that at all in like that first level of certification? You co- you cover it in the first, um, in the first level too, as well as the second. It goes way into way more detail in the second, but it's just, I haven't quite got there with the champagne yet. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, we'll, we'll see what happens. It does. I mean, it, it moves pretty quickly through the body. So I can see like, I can't sit here and take these champagnes with these children awake and, and needing my attention right now. So that might not be practical. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, um, it's definitely an interesting space. I think because, you know, champagne had already has always been kind of pushed into that space of like kind of this elite beverage in a way. And, you know, I love the fact that like African-American, um, African-Americans have taken it on and kind of really leveled the playing field and made it like something you can drink every day, something you can have, you know, with an everyday meal. Cause it is, it's an excellent way to like cut through a fatty meal. It's an excellent way to cut through, um, yeah, like super rich, um, desserts and things like that. So, you know, considering how dry it is. And so I think it pairs really well with food overall. So I always told them like drink more champagne, like you should have uh, champagne in the in your lineup just to drink, you know, outside of a special occasion. I think there's there's some really special wines out there for other things, and so but champagne can definitely be um, definitely be one of those things that that's drinkable every single day and or not every day, but like you know with with an everyday meal. So I definitely consider it. So it was like one of those things, and it's it's funny like people are on the spectrum about it. It's like some people are like nah, it's not something I get into, and other people are like oh no. If I can, yeah, yeah, I'm popping a bottle. And I think yesterday on Instagram for like Juneteenth, I saw a lot of people hitting the champagne. Uh, so that was really interesting. I was just kind of special. It was just like, oh, okay, we're doing champagne. We are, I mean, they pulled out a saber and they just knocked off the cork and here we are. So, um, so that was really cool to see. I was just like, all right, Instagram is lit and we are all drinking bubbles. That is all right with me. Um, do you have a favorite sweet wine or a Moscato that you recommend? Um, a Moscato. I'll say the uh, Ship and Share wine. I really enjoyed her Moscato. It's one of my favorites. First time I had a Moscato, it was a, a local grower in Tennessee. He grew Moscato grapes. And then at some point just had so much, had like a bumper crop and started producing um, Moscato, like a local Moscato wine there. And so um, he would bring it to the National Farmer's Market. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was able, like, I'm not a huge, huge fan of super sweet <laughs> wines, but that was like really well done. It was like, <laughs> I was like, I like a lot balance. Some people are like, I won't drink wine unless it's sweet. I'm like, we're just not drinking the wine. Then. It's like drinking yeah. coffee with like, 70% cream and sugar like you don't like coffee just stop um but yeah like Moscato's like can either be really beautifully done and like delicate and you can still really taste the like like the earth in them or they are like 
utterly too sweet. They're just like, I cannot. This is not even drinkable at this point. They do, however, make an excellent sorbet or or frozen dessert. Like those are, they freeze beautifully. And, um, and yeah, of course, exactly. when you freeze something and make it cold, it kind of uh, it dials the taste down a little <laughs> bit. It dials the sweetness back. And so, yeah, I've definitely made my share of like a Moscato sorbet. Those, that's a really delicious like finish to the meal. So. Uh, yeah, I was just like, but sweet wines in general, I'm like, dessert wines are hard to, like, really hard for me to manage. I'm just like, oh, it's too much. It's too much. I'm like, guys, uh, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. So, like, with the uh, with these last few moments, um, let us, you know, let us know how we can, like, support your journey, how we can support your work, um, what you're kind of really focused on right now, whether it's promotion, whether it's just adding people to a group, adding people to the group. Um, and then like what people can do, uh, nationally as well as locally. So if someone's in the, uh, in Cal in Northern California, um, how they can connect with you and maybe help you, you know, grow your vision or, um, help you do, you know, whatever you want to do, the connections you need to make in order to get into distribution. So, yeah. So just, you know, talk to me about like what you, how we can help you go, go forward and, um, what the community of folks listening can do to help your brand. Uh, you know, make it smart. Thanks to um, help support the brand. Um, I would just love really um, for people to come to my Instagram page, Black Girls in the Vineyard, uh, at Black Girls in Black Girls in the Vineyard, um, as well as uh, my personal page, uh, Danielle the Wine Diva. That's I, I think I have more followers on there than I do the business page. But that way, people can you know really see uh, what I'm about, what I stand for, which is Black culture and community. Um, it's really just about connecting the black community um, with the wine industry, um, and also support the t-shirt line by going by going to www.blackgirlsinthevineyard.com, um, and just listen, just to just to reach out. I think the best way to support people, you know, not just with follows and likes, but really going to a person's page and really seeing what they're about, connecting with them, asking questions, what we're about, so we can create that relationship you know, you know, to help uplift the business. So that's, that's one way people can support. Well, thank you so much for hopping on. I know it can be a little nerve wracking. Absolutely. <laughs> be a little nerve wracking when people want to get up in your business a little bit and, uh, and talk to you and, and find out what you're about. But um, hopefully, you know, you will get an opportunity to continue to tell your story in a lot bigger spaces than, um, than this one. And so by the time you get to the, like your 10th or 20th interview, you'll be, um, be a pro at it. And, um, and you will, it'll, it'll just come, the story will just come flying out, girl. I promise you that. But, It'll come fly it out. So yeah, um, but yeah, thank you so much. And I, you know, for me, I make I try to always try to strike a balance with with the the podcast as far as like really touching on the food and wine community and um, you know in, in other like beverage spaces, so bourbon and coffee and everything else. But um, just specifically wine, I think that Black women are making such huge strides in this industry on, in a few different ways. And so I just wanted to always make sure that I highlight people who are, um, who are kind of showing up with new ideas and like in fresh concepts and things like that. So, uh, so I appreciate you making some time. I appreciate you. This, uh, what you're doing is, is beyond dope and I love it. That is all for this week's episode. Thank you to our guests for spending some time with us. And thank you for listening in and for being a part of the Flyest Click in Podcasting. If you love these conversations, be sure to download, subscribe, comment, and share. 
You can get further connected with the Afros and Knives community by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget to visit our website, afrosandknives.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Afros and Knives does this work only with the financial support of our Patreon community. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com backslash Afros and Knives and pledge your monthly support. We are working on expanding into video as well as offering patron-only content this year, and you don't want to miss out. Until next week, may you be happy, may you be safe, may you be healthy, may you be at peace.